Hi. Are you eager to lose track of time? To zone out? To get some peace of mind? Well, that afternoon we won't be having a my watch, asshole. We'll constantly remind you of your problems and the exact time of day, okay? Um, welcome to the Michael David Daniel Manly Show. I'm Michael David Daniel Manly Tyson. Uh, that's the name of the show, but we're not 100% yet on this of the name. But we do know this. We are sponsored by Nike, Lips Nice Tea, and so many more. Come listen to me make fun of your mom, press talk about your immigrant family, and most of all, ask for your opinions. Because I'm the only one that's allowed to be opinionated. Don't you understand it? You're still listening. I don't understand. You must like you must love some emotional abuse. Oh man, I want to just kiss you. You're such a cute bastard. Come here, I want to love you. Hi and welcome, guys. You are now listening to the Michael David Daniel Manuel Show. I hope you enjoyed the intro over there. Little Mike Tyson for you, if you understand what I'm saying. I'm Alexander. I love Alexander. There's no question in him. Assalamu alaikum and salakaya. I came in here with a broken back and spinal. <laughs> you don't like Mike Tyson? Get the hell off my soap. I will destroy you and murder you. I will analyze you, okay, man? Uh, Mike Tyson happens to be one of my favorite uh, boxers of all time. Um, honestly, I think he could have killed anyone back in the day. Not to get into boxing debate, but yeah, just hope that you guys enjoy the intro over there. Uh, just wanted to give you guys some contextual background as to why we would have picked that. Anyway, so the podcast that we're going to be doing today is a very random one. A very random podcast because did I prepare a program? No. Did I sit down and write out something? No. Am I doing this off the fly? Yes. Is that a cheap ripoff of Crystalia in his podcast? Of course it is because the babies. Go check out the babies. Uh, I think it's the babies podcast by Crystalia. It's actually a really good podcast. Um, other podcasts that I like. And I'm kind of just saying other podcasts I, that I like while I YouTube, while I Google, sorry, while I Google something else over here. So I can get Chris D'Elia's, uh, uh what do you call it, podcast. So that you, so that you guys can check it out because I think it's, it's called, it's called Congratulations. It's called the Congratulations Podcast. Check it out. I, I highly recommend it. And then also check out a podcast by Bobby Lee. Featuring his girlfriend and a couple other people and always amazing guests called Tiger Belly. Tiger Belly is an absolute epic podcast. Love Bobby Lee. If you don't know who Bobby Lee is, type in Mad TV, type in Bobby Lee. You're going to have absolute field in YouTube. Some of the best stuff ever. Uh, if you don't know who Crystal Lee is for the Congratulations podcast, go on Netflix. Type in Crystal Lee. Press play. Understand it's special. It's amazing. It's epic. It's awesome. Okay. Other podcasts I love is the Shut the Flip Up, You Bastards. Every night, these guys. Every night. Anyway. I'm not sure if you heard the hooting, but it was quite loud for me. Uh, and apologies for the sound quality. I'm just doing this off my phone right now because I don't have any equipment to make a professional and totally badass podcast. I'm trying that. Bear with me, just for a little bit, okay? Uh, Bilba, absolutely epic podcast. You guys have got to listen to Bilba's podcast. Uh, other people that have good podcasts, Joe Rogan podcast, of course. Go listen to Joe Rogan podcast. Although I'm not loving his podcast style recently. And I'll tell you why. Um, Joe Rogan used to be the oh i'm interested i'm inquisitive i'm i want to understand i want to know uh and get information out of the guest type of podcast but recently it's turned into more and i don't want to shit on joe rogan because like the dudes have some really good work but recently it's more like do you do drugs do you do you like marijuana oh i don't believe in god and like i mean okay dude we we understand what you like we understand what you do. And 
I kind of feel like he's abandoned. Like, I mean, I just watched one now uh, with him and Eddie Bravo and um, Brendan and uh, the other guy, the kid. Um, forget his name. Anyway, Callahan. And, and um, I mean, it's like Joe's like, he's no more with the program. He's no more about controversial uh how do you not mean like uh conspiracies. He doesn't believe anything anymore. He just doesn't believe in God as well. He's like, no, oh, I'm gonna try a totally meat diet. I don't know, look, I'm not criticizing the choices he makes. I'm just saying that it's normally the same podcast. But it's still a very good podcast if you'd like to learn a couple of things. Cannot believe I've been talking to for almost five minutes right now. Sorry if some of my speech is not clear. I'm not trained in podcasting and pronunciations and salutations. I should plug in. I should plug in my phone. Hopefully this doesn't make such a loud sound that you guys are like, what the fuck is this guy doing? I was listening to him in my headphones. All right, okay, fine, cool. Um, something I want to talk about real quickly is UFC 246. Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. I love this fight. I love this fight for a lot of reasons. But I love this fight more so because they're not giving Conor an easy comeback. And I like that. And I don't think you can give Conor an easy comeback because at this point, we know Conor can take out easily the bottom half of, like, from... 140 to 170 so we don't want him to have an easy fight which is good like Dan is thinking of here but this cowboy Cerrone fight is amazing it it goes next level and I mean it because it's like cowboy has got records of the records he's got a little bit of hiccups there excuse me okay and what's sick about cowboy is that He's got a lot of tools. That's what everybody keeps talking about. They keep saying, oh, no, no, I think Connor's going to win, but Cowboy's got a lot of tools. I don't think Cowboy's got that many tools. Yeah, that's me being a little bit of Chael Son and Mr. Bad Guy <laughs> impression over there. Um, I don't think he's got a lot of tools. That's when he gets up close and personal to the mic. Um, Chael says he's got a lot of tools, but I don't think he has a, I, I don't think he has that many tools. I think Cowboy's got... A decent setup for his kick, and when he doesn't get it off, he gets flabbergasted. I'm talking about Nate Diaz. I'm talking about George Masvidal. I'm talking about uh, Jorge Masvidal. Every time those guys hit him with punches and answered him, answered Cowboy's call. Every time they answered Cowboy's call with punches to the face and combination at lightning speed with pinpoint accuracy, Cowboy crumbled. Cowboy said... I don't know how to go on the back foot, defend, and still throw this kick. And I think Connor outboxes and outperforms Jorge in terms of power and striking. Well, maybe not in power, but in terms of striking. Okay. Nate Diaz and um, who's the other guy I just said right now? Um, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, and and this does not make for a good um, part of the show when you when you don't know the people you're talking about. Uh, Cowboy, damn guys, this is hard. Okay, Nate Diaz, Jorge Masvidal, and I just flip and said it now, man. This is so embarrassing. Everybody, all years is gonna think you're the toe damage there on the thing. Like you don't have the ability to have any sort of uh, sort of forwardness to plan or understand yourself. Um, also, yeah, uh, Tony Ferguson. If I did say him, I'm not even sure if I did say him, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I did. But anyway, okay. So every time we saw Tony Ferguson come in, throw those elbows, uh, work cowboy, his body, work his face. Throw punches. Cowboy had no answer. Same thing with Nate Diaz when he done it. Cowboy had no answer. 
Same thing when Jorge Masvidal got in. Cowboy had no answer. And I think Connor can outstrike Tony Ferguson, Nate Diaz, and Jorge Masvidal. I really think he does. All right. We've seen it. Nate threw, and because Nate's the only one that that's for both of them. Nate threw punches in that fight. Punches in bunches, as Joe likes to say. And Cowboy got flabbergasted. Never, never once was able to. Okay, a couple times he threw that kick. But, I mean, that was different. Not when he, when uh, Nate was overwhelming him. And Nate's got a high pressure. Nate is high pressure. Tony Ferguson's high pressure. Jorge Masvidal, not as high pressure, but good amount of pressure. Connor Is Connor high pressure? Connor is very high pressure. I think connor has got one of the best tools in the game is about being high pressure. Now, Connor, you might say, oh, Connor only goes, only one fight if he's went to the fifth round. Yeah. That's because he's got such high pressure for the first two rounds, three rounds, that it's like, damn, what do I do over here? That's what Connor McGregor is able to give to you guys. All right. Now, some of you might be coming into this podcast and be like, yo, is this a UFC podcast? Is this a fighting podcast? No. I literally talk about whatever I want to talk about all the time, anytime, okay? So next week, I could be talking about F1 racing, or I could be, and it's not only sports, I could be talking about computers the next week after that, or I could be talking about how Amazon messed up my shipping, or how they didn't mess up my shipping, I actually got my time on time. Yeah, right. Uh, or I could be talking about Nike sock dots and how that's the only shoe I ever wear now for training, and they're the most comfortable things in the world. I actually need to do a whole episode dedicated to just that. Um... But the point I want to get to with Connor and Cowboy is this. I think Connor's defense for takedowns was illustrated very well before, but even better when he fought Khabib. I would say so much so that Connor was hitting a 75% if Khabib was doing 100% offensive takedowns. So 75% against a guy that's 100 I don't think Cowboy is 100%. And take down. I don't. I think he's about maybe an 82. And you're talking about Connor, who was defending at 75% against the guy that was 100. So we manipulate that in the formula. I don't think Connor gets taken down by Cowboy. And if he gets taken down by Cowboy, I don't see much happening. I don't see much happening at all there. So what I'd like to say is I don't think Cowboy has that many tools. Everybody keeps saying Cowboy, well, at least the big guys keeps saying Cowboy has a lot of tools. But I think Cowboy's got decent striking. I think he's got a nice kick, nice kick to the legs. And, uh, well, he doesn't do it consistently. That's the problem. But nice kick to the legs and nice um, nice kicks to the, to the head when he's able to throw. But I don't think Connor's going to give him a chance to throw. I think Connor can defend his takedowns. I think that's all he's got. Because when he's unable to set up, not able to breathe, not able to take a second to think what he's going to do, I think Cowboy crumbles. Now, I don't think he crumbles like how other people crumble. That's a bad way to say. But I, I, I want to be, I want to be, uh, what do you call it, wrong about this. But, but I think Cowboy just can't fight at this pace. Like he's not going to die. He's not going to go down the first punch. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I, I also don't like when people say that kind of stuff. So, just want to precast that. I'm just saying that I think two rounds, McGregor gets the left hand knockout, pummels Cowboy on the floor for a little bit, call off. Or McGregor wins on points. I don't think Cowboy gets into this fight. I just don't see it. I don't see it happening. Anyway. All right, okay, fine. That's the end of what I wanted to say about um, Conor McGregor versus Cowboy Cerrone. And then the next topic I wanted to talk about was uh, actually nothing in particular. But people are, the poker group is playing poker right now. And I'm not there. And I haven't been there for a while because I don't like to play poker anymore. Uh, figures will mess up your life, kids. Gambling will mess up my life. What do you mean, mate? Well, guys, here's the thing. Gambling, probably, probably for the average person, won't mess up your life. It won't. But it does mess up some people's lives. And that's why we don't do it. Okay? That's why we don't do it. Because it's not about us. 
about your influence. Oh, listen to you getting fancy with your kind of words. That's about your influence. If you're influencing five people in your life, let's call it five people, right? And that kid that you're influencing sees you play, sees you play cards, gambles a little bit, plays blackjack, goes to drink, a little bit of poker, spin a couple of wheels, all that kind of stuff. That kid becomes famous. That kid now also enjoys gambling a lot. Right? Now he's influencing 10 million people. Now the reality is this, not everybody's going to become famous, not everybody... But even if it's just your kid. Now, let's say you're a responsible gambler. But you influence your kid to become a gambler and he's not a responsible gambler. I mean, now you've just wrecked your child's life. Or your cousin's life. Or your cousin's child's life. Or your aunt. I'm talking about there's other people out there that you're responsible for. Maybe you don't feel it. Maybe you don't feel that way. But... You are. And you can say, no, but I don't care. Well, that's, that's the See, yeah, That's fine. Say you don't care and mean it and stick by it and then do whatever the hell you want to do. But don't. Don't. Don't compromise that position then. Because later on, you will reap the consequences for it. Because you can say you don't care right now, but when your kid uh, is, I don't know, like, I say, I don't want to go into some crazy scenario like your kid's been kidnapped at the back of a, of a casino, been taken, and his knees are getting shot off, and he's been told that he, well, I don't want to go that far, is what I'm trying to say. It's, you will be held accountable for all your decisions, your influence. Don't do things that you don't want other people who don't have the same amount of control to do, because you will feel like crap afterwards, okay? Right. Mind my French, apologies for that. Um, yeah, now again, I myself am quite responsible, but have stopped. And actually, I never even gambled with like money. Uh, so it's um, it's kind of like a guy's thing that, that they do, they uh put like a hundred bucks and then they. Everybody gets their chips and we buy food and we talk crap and everybody has a good time But I would just like say hey, okay, you know what? How about I buy some food for you know what I mean? Whatever and buy some snacks uh, As my pay in without betting the money and if I get the money I'll just buy more food that goes to the food list or whatever uh, So it was never about me Gambling or anything like that because I never put any money up anyway, so you can't gamble what what um, uh what you don't put in but it was it was just uh and and i suppose yeah even, even before i did it i was like ah dude even being in the presence of it is wrong and there's something good about the camaraderie and the and the um, closeness you get with the people that you play with talk with and have fun with and joke with and all that kind of stuff there's something good about that which is which is why it makes it so dangerous it makes it really dangerous in that sense that um it's because it's good it's 99% good with 1% bad especially when it's with as we talked about before people that are moderately okay with it then it's like wow okay fine this is a cool thing because it's like i get spend time with my cousins and my friends and maybe other people that I know, work colleagues, whatever it is, good people. I can spend time with good people. And these good people allow me to have some good times. And it's all fun and clean and happy and, and nice. And I listen to some music in the background and maybe the soccer game is on. So it's like, wow, this is a really nice atmosphere to be in. There's your danger there. Because now what you're doing is you're gambling. And if you're gambling, I mean, eventually you can be influencing because in your mind now, um, in your mind, how do you tell your kid, no, 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 don't go to the casino and gamble. It's like, you're a hypocrite, dude. You go out every Thursday night and gamble. That's what you do. You continuously live this lifestyle and tell me not to do it. And plus two, you won't even say that to your kid because all your images and understanding of gambling is this light-hearted, nice, cool, lovely friends around you. 
you don't see the uh, guys getting drunk because they've lost everything or maybe they can't even get drunk uh, but <laughs> getting drunk because they've lost everything they're going home to beat their families and abuse them and tear homes apart and make kids feel worthless and ruin lives and now I, I, I don't know how to describe him an asshole Jesse Smollett said hurt people hurt people and I mean that's very true hurt people do hurt people so much so that he's a hurt person saying hurt people hurt people and then he goes and hurts people by lying about other people and in effect gets hurt because see, that's what people do hurt people hurt people so I guess what I'm trying to say is this um, you would influence and it matters God your influence not God guard use shield it protect your influence okay so that you influence the right way now if you've already done something fine no one's blaming you for your million mistakes i've made 25 million mistakes already okay no one's talking about that we're talking about going forward going forward now and also Gambling could just be your thing. You could just be addicted and maybe now it's hard to give it up. Or maybe you really like the guys there and it's hard to give up the guys. Like, dude, I get it. But don't accept that it's okay then. Understand it's wrong and then what you're doing in the moment is wrong and that you're going to try not to do it. And then if you keep falling, don't justify it now. Don't justify it. That's where we fall. It's like we try and fail, try and fail, and then we justify it because we failed. And then continue. No, don't do that. Don't do that because that's the short way of losing all self-respect for yourself and then going deeper and deeper down the hole until something bad happens. Okay, so fail and be there at the game saying, oh, I love these guys and this is the good part about it. And the bad part about it is that I'm gambling again and I shouldn't be gambling again. And know that that part's bad and know that you're wrong for it and strive for better. And strive for uh, something more wholesome. Anyway, that's what we're trying to guard our influence so that when we look back, we can honestly. Because um, I'll make this analogy um, you wouldn't kill a person. Typically, the average person listening here, I would hope, wouldn't kill a person to build their home, wouldn't kill a person to have some money in the bank. Okay, so when you look back in your life, you don't want to see six bodies, dead people, children, mothers, daughters, whatever, and you don't look back and say, hey, I killed those people, and this is why I have what I have with my family whom I love. What? That's like, that's like such, that's like such a hypocrite sort of thing to say. Sorry if the mic's a bit more sensitive now. I've just angled slightly towards my new position and I didn't notice that I was kind of out of position. Um, so you look back in your life and you say, oh, I've got six bodies that I've killed to be here with my family whom I love and wish that they are not killed. It's like, oh, okay, right. So you, you're just like psychopathic. Because don't look back in your life and see the fun you had too late and then say, oh, there's all the kids I influenced to become gamblers or smoke or drink or whatever it is. It's not just about gambling. I'm not picking gambling. I'm talking about gambling. I'm using it as an analogy. Okay. Um, that way, you don't see bodies in your life. I think that's one of the worst things we can do is to not fully understand our influence and power. And I'm not talking about social media influence. Forget social media influence. Social media influence is nothing. Absolute nothing. Real, like a social media uh, influencer can tell me to go buy some Nikes. They can tell me to get some teeth whitening. Maybe I'll get it, maybe I won't. But my dad comes and tells me, hey man, try this. My uncle comes and tells me, hey man, try this. My aunt tells me, yo, read this book. It changed my life. 
it's worse than social media influencing. I feel a real connection to that person. I, 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 I instantly want to feel what they felt. So understand your family influence abilities. Understand your community influence abilities. So that when you, so that when your actions are judged, it doesn't lead to something heinous. Now you can say, hey man, I filled up my car with petrol, a kid saw me, and then the kid started racing. It's like, no, that's not how it works, okay? That's not how it works. I don't wanna, that's not what I'm trying to say. What I'm trying to say is this. You can fill up your car every day. You can be a car enthusiast, right? But you're not illegally racing, nor do you support that. But some kid goes and does that because of you. Well, he's misguided. That's not on you. That's not on you at, at all. But now there's a difference now, though. If you are filling up your car, picking up the kid and taking the kid to illegal races, the kid's looking at illegal races, now that's different. You see, you push the kid to illegal races. So now, inversely, if you're addicted to gambling or the illegal races, the smoking or the drinking or the marijuana or the, or I say marijuana, like I don't know what weed is. Uh, he was using like the old people. He's smoking the marijuana now, Joe. He's on the marijuana. <laughs> Uh, uh, whatever the vice may be, at least keep it to yourself or minimize the effects that you can have with it. Like, for example, if you are, I, I, I think actually the best one would be to go with like pornography because most people, 99% of people who are addicted to pornography, hide pornography addiction from everybody else in their family. So I would hope that you would treat your pornography addiction the same way you would treat your smoking addiction or your drinking addiction or your gambling addiction or any type of addiction because we don't go around showing little kids men and women doing those things in pornographic videos so i'd hope that you wouldn't show kids gambling i hope that you wouldn't show kids drinking and smoking as a as a perfectly acceptable way of uh, like a perfect acceptable lifestyle because that can alter what a kid sees and understands and goes through all right um, I like that analogy because we see something deeply wrong with pornography. So much so that we definitely don't show it to kids. And those that do are viewed as scumbags. So I would hope that we continue to look at our lifestyle in that respect. And then not look at the year and now, look down the road. Look far down the road. Look so far down the road that you say, hey, I influenced that kid to drink by, you know, the beautiful advert, a sunny day with the family, Bud Light Out, or Cost Lager, or Heineken, or Guinness, whatever the drink is. I don't care about the sponsorship, whatever. And you're drinking that bottle. And it's just one for you. Oh my gosh, it's just one. Who could get hurt? And little Jimmy over there, is in the distance looking at his uncle or his father or cousin, older cousin, whatever it is. And he looks and he says, wow, when I grow up, I want to have a beer like that. That looks so much fun. Because forget the advert, the advert can't make you do that. But your uncle or father or mother or brother or sister can. When they see that they want to be like you, your influence is more powerful and they want your validation more than anything in the world believe me believe me they want that more than anything in the world so don't look back and see jimmy in a car wreck because of a dui car wreck or whatever drunk under influence car wreck and and have to look back at it and say hey some of my actions directly contributed to jimmy um being killed you're going to have to take responsibility for that. And if you don't, well, then I'm going to call it right now. You're an asshole. You're a douchebag. And you can say, yeah, but I don't care. It's like, fine, cool, but be the asshole. Be the douchebag that you are. Excuse my, excuse my French, my words, but I'm just going to call it like it is. Be that person, but don't come with excuses. Don't feel sorry for Jimmy now. Don't cry at his funeral. Don't be that person because none of us want it. It's too late. Accept your wrongs. Change your wrongs. Maybe Jimmy's dead already for some of you. I get it. It's hard. It's a hard one to live with. But then swear that you won't influence more 
swear that the next time at a big family event or even at the home, don't forget the home, influencing your own kids right there. So say to yourself, okay, fine. I drink. I don't want to give up drinking. But I'll never do it in front of a kid. I'll never do it in front of another person. Because to do it in front of an, even another grown adult who chooses to drink as well, it spurs him on. Now, whether you like it or not, the facts are the facts. The facts are the facts. I can show you a whole group of big men right now. One guy takes a picture on WhatsApp or the messaging group and puts up his, his uh, Jack Daniels and Coke. Or coke, whatever, coke and rum, whatever the mixtures and cocktails and concoctions are. And that other one goes, oh man, I really want one right now. It's like, did he? Or is he just looking at the good times that other people had? That's exactly what it influences. I wasn't planning to talk about influence today, but, I, but when I think about it, I'm like, you know what? This thing is a big topic. And... I think we really forget checking your privilege, check your influence, check your influence. You you can be doing harm and you can be doing just like mundane things and save people's lives. Like you you show people that it's cool to be reading a book. I can't see how that kills anyone. You show people how it's cool to explore uh, science or different topics i can't say that it hurts anybody but not checking your smoking or alcohol intake or pornography uh, uh intake in public is kind of weird you see it's become such a big part of our normal everyday lifestyle that cigarettes and alcohol are perfectly accepted but why not pornography i i promise you pornography causes way more damage Look, I don't have the stats and the figures, but from what I'm thinking, from what I'm, well, from what I, what I can see, the amount of marriage is ruined from pornography, which then in turn destroys the kids because the single leading determining factor, this I do know for a fact, for a kid's outcome in life, is coming from a nuclear two-parent home. So we're talking wealth, we're talking his kids being brought up correctly, we're talking about uh, propensity, I don't know what to do exactly, but, but, um, uh, his likeliness to go to prison, his likeliness to stay away from trouble, all that kind of stuff gets stopped by, by, gets stopped by um, kids having parents. And how do you keep the parents there? Well, you don't have porn in the home. It's like, okay, well, what's the fastest way to have porn? No. Well, drink. What? Because then your wife doesn't want to touch you. You're an alcoholic bastard who drinks all the time and you got no, you got a limp dick. Sorry, I'm just going to be frank with you. You got a limp dick. She doesn't want to touch you. She's got nothing from you. So now what do you do? Oh, you got nothing. So what? You watch some porn because how else are you going to get off? You don't have any imagination and you don't have the ability to stay off the booze. Oh, oh, you're not an alcoholic though. Yeah, but you are. <laughs> but you are. You, you, honestly, if you have alcohol more than once a month, you're an alcoholic. It's part of the lifestyle that you've chosen. And the definition is a bit broader than what I'm making out to be. But once a month, you're an alcoholic. And I don't even condone once a month. It's the same as smoking. You smoke more than once a month, you're a smoker. So what is that? You're addicted to, addicted to smoking. Own yourself. Own your troubles. Own your needs. All right. Uh... When one final thing I wanted to say about it was that was that yeah you don't want to come to the end of your life with a, with this body count looking back and saying I, I could have done this differently I could have done that differently and therefore I got bodies so treat your addictions and wants and needs if if it's a need or if it's a want I don't care what it is as dangerously as it being porn or someone discovering something about you that you wouldn't like. Treat it like that. See what that does in your life and see how how much stress that adds to you. Someone tells that you're like, nah, you know what, forget it. I don't want to drink if I got to go drink in private. It doesn't make sense. Let me just rather go live my life. 
Nah, I don't want to smoke. You have to sneak out and go have one cigarette behind the buttons. Like, nah, it's not, it's not, not that fun anymore. I'm not 16. Like, grow up. We need to grow up now. Our actions influence people directly, and we need to curb our influence. Check your influence. Now, if you genuinely can't do it, and you're just failing, but you keep trying, I've got respect for you. And but if you genuinely can't do it, and you're just doing it openly, I've got no respect for you, because you now understand a little bit more about nah. You've got bodies, and I'm not saying I don't have bodies. I got bodies too. The difference is this: is I understand I got bodies. I fell. I keep on falling. I pick myself up, and vow to have no more bodies. Guys, it's not that hard. It's called moral integrity. Get some, all right. Um, I think I think we've spoken about that for. A good enough time to be like whoa I didn't know that lecture was gonna come out of there uh, yeah it's it's uh, it's definitely definitely something I wasn't expecting to do but I hope I got the, the message communicated over well enough that you guys can take something from that or pass it on uh, and let's say for example you have some questions or want to talk about more in depth uh i'm actually gonna make an email well let me let me just let me just use one of my emails now i will use um give me one second let me see what email i think is available hit me up at mm, i want to be careful hit me up at michael manual cv at gmail.com so that's m-i-c-h-a-e-l m-a-n-u-e-l c-v at gmail.com so that's mike india charlie hotel alpha echo lima mike alpha november uniform echo lima charlie victor at gmail.com mike Michael Manuel CV at gmail.com. Yeah, but just 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 to know if you guys have had any problems or if you want to speak about it or or if you're like, no, you know what, dude, I totally disagree with you and this is why. Well then tell me why I wanna know what this is. Um Yeah, so I last thing I wanna talk about, let's think. Let's think. I wanna talk about discipline. Now this is weird. I, I don't normally talk about such um, um, what you call lecturing topics. I don't normally talk. I normally talk about fun stuff like as you started this thing like UFC and like Rampage Jackson and and like cool things. I don't know, but I think this is also cool too. But it's more or less the same side of topic. Um, I'll talk a little bit about uh, discipline because today I I talked myself out of going to the gym today. And that's not something I typically do. Because I've been having a little bit of trouble with discipline right now. And I can tell you, for the most part, I don't have a problem with discipline. Ever. Like, ever. That's why I even let this one slide today. Because I'm fatigued. I'm tired. Life's not going the best right now. Uh, it's not bad. It's just not the best. You know, you know what I'm saying? I'm not complaining. I'm just, I'm just being honest. Uh, so, I kind of... I let this one go because I know the type of character I have and discipline I have and and I think it's important to find that balance between 100% disciplined and a horrible life and you know what I'm a very disciplined person and sometimes I let myself go because life cannot life is not a calendar you have ups and you have downs and you have bad days and you have good days and I believe in pushing yourself through those bad days because those bad days you get some of the best workouts and you get endorphins and you feel good and all that kind of jazz i get it guys i'm talking about i'm talking about a different type of like uh, punching down but what i wanted to say was what i wanted to say is what is your discipline how do you discipline yourself do you give yourself something good when you do something good do you give yourself something bad when you do something bad 
Are you disciplining yourself according to according to uh like hey if I do this I get that like like reward based systems or punishment based systems I don't I don't feel like that's I don't feel like those really work here. I feel like punishment system works for me to a certain degree and then fails. I think like the reward system works to a certain degree for me and then fails. But I think a decision made system works best for me. And I'd like you guys to try it. Like, um, I'll give you a small one. Brushing your teeth. This is not a Jordan Peterson speech. Brush your teeth, make your bed, everything will be good. No. Um, actually, we should talk about Jordan Peterson one of these days. Um, I find, find him to be really cool. I've actually spoken to him. Well, over um, messages. Um, not over a video call or anything like that, but a couple of messages between us. Um, emails. And he's a pretty cool guy. But I think he falls a bit flat. And where I, what I mean by flat is, yeah, you make up your bed, you do what's right in the world, you take care of yourself, and then you move into the bigger problems, and then what? What meaning, Jordan? What meaning? But okay, cool. What I mean by decisions is this, is when I wake up, I don't think about brushing my teeth. Now, you guys are like, dude, that's a habit, that's not this. No, 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 no. Listen, I don't think about brushing my teeth because... I do it habitually, no. I I don't think about brushing my teeth because I've told myself that I am going to brush my teeth. Sounds weird, but yeah. There's been times where, where I'll tell myself, I'm not actually the brushing teeth one, I'm just using it as an overall example. I don't want to get into all the examples, but this is the overall example, we're using brushing teeth. It's not brushing teeth, but this is the example. <laughs> Said that five times in five different ways see if your mind can handle that on a podcast that you didn't plan ha um what i'm trying to say is this the times when i'll decide no i'm not gonna brush my teeth or i'm not gonna put socks on anymore and i'm not gonna gym and there you go i just won't do it then when i decide to do it i decided with the frame in with the frame uh like a little how, how, how do you how do you say like a frame in mind, like a time frame. There we go. So I was going off the wrong path. Frame something. It was a time frame. Do the time frame, man. I said, okay, fine. The next year, I'm going to brush my teeth. And that's it. I just brush my teeth. I don't argue with myself about it anymore. I don't create the mental anxiety and stress anymore. It's just like, okay, I'm going to do it. Done. Finished. Over. Um, Ten years ago, I decided... On the type of um, uh, food I want to intake into my body, and that's it. I've done it. It's over. It's finished. I, I I don't think we have to be hung up on things if we can quickly, easily, and effectively make decisions for ourselves. So, a couple months ago, uh, no, actually more than months now. I've been saying a couple months ago because sometimes I give these. Uh, many talks to people, uh, but it's actually years now. I decided, and I never went to the gym. I would go to the gym if friends were going to the gym. I go to the gym with my team if we were going to the gym. If we were going, but I would never go to the gym. I didn't want that sort of health and fitness. I was always fit, playing sports and stuff, but I didn't want fitness from the gym. So a couple of years ago, I said to myself, "No, that's why I'm going to the gym," and didn't miss a day. Yeah, I had some back problems where I had to go to either the physiotherapist or the chiropractor and things like that and cause me to miss one or two weeks or whatever here and there. But for the most part, I don't miss a day. I don't stop. I don't I don't have the fight with myself. I and that and now you might say, well, yo, but that that's actually a decently big decision. Like choosing to just gym every day and you're not getting tired and well, what's wrong with you? Like, uh, how do you how are you able to just do that? That's what some people say to me. It's like, no, it's because it didn't start with just big decisions like going to a gym or not going to a gym. It started with small decisions like, oh, I'm just gonna brush my teeth now forever. Oh, I'm just gonna wake up and make my bed now forever. Oh, I'm just gonna actually do my homework. Oh, I'm just gonna do this. I'm just gonna do that. Oh, I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna do this. Like, 
I chose not to do any homework during high school. Fully understood the consequences and ramifications that come with that. Still living with them today. <laughs> not really, but okay, what I mean is I understood what I was doing. Like, I would literally have no homework for physics class, walk in there and be like, oh, yeah, dude, I'm sorry. And you'd be like, i got to call your parents. I'm like, last night when I was playing PlayStation, I knew you would say this. And I still chose this because I'm an idiot. No, it's because that's what I chose. I think we all have different personalities, but I'd like to give some people who might not be looking at the world in this sort of uh, framework an opportunity to understand my thought process or patterns or whatever you'd like to call it. Uh, so that you can be like, hey, I'm just going to decide on something tomorrow. Like that book I'm writing, I'm just going to decide I'm going to write 10 minutes a day. I'm just going to decide I'm going to write 30 minutes a day, an hour a day. Hey, I'm just going to decide that I'm going to use the toilet three times a day no matter what happens. And then you get happy, you take your phone out at, at 7 o'clock in the morning and you go, boom, hit the poop. Then at, then at 1, 1.25 p.m. you go, hit the poop. Then you come home, 6.45, you hit the poop. What I'm saying is, sometimes just do small things. Like every day for the next month, I'm going to have oats in the morning. And I'm going to go for a five-minute jog. Done. Don't fight it. Don't, don't think about it. Know that these are end dates. Know that whatever gets you over the hill, just do it. And once you constantly start adding one or two small things, and then also don't don't uh, make it about adding stuff. Maybe you decide, and maybe it's a bad thing that you decide, hey, I'm not quitting smoking this year. Cool. Then at least you're not fighting with your brain inside. At least you're not causing that mental anguish, that stress, that 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 anxiety that builds up like, oh, I've got to do this. I, oh, I still have to do this. I still have to give up smoking. I still have to give up drinking. I still have to do this. Still, like, calm down. That's going to kill you faster. Like, well, maybe this one can kill you faster. Uh, but <laughs> that's another topic. But what I'm saying is, get the mental anxiety out of it. Stop stressing. Choose what you're going to choose and don't choose what you're going to choose. I don't care if it's bad or good. Just choose it. Hopefully, you'll come with the mental fortitude to make good choices later on. But choose what you're going to choose. Say, I'm not brushing my teeth anymore. But I am going to run in the morning. Done. Be happy. With your choices. You won't start making better and better ones. I think as you go along. And look to make better choices. Make a lot of small, small changes. Lots of small changes. Every month a change. Every two weeks a change. Every week a change. Yes, every day a change. Change things every day. Make it happen for yourself. Write a journal about it as well. Maybe you don't like to write a journal. Say, okay, fine, I'm not going to write a journal. And cool, that's a choice too. Or maybe just say... Hold the phone out and say, this is my life now. And talk about your life a little bit. And then a year from now, see what, what your life's become. Because you've chosen to do things and chosen not to do certain things. I love that I live this life. I don't. I hear people always going, oh man, it's so hard to go to the gym. I tried for three months and I quit. It's like, why? Why do you quit after three months? Decide you're going to the gym or don't decide you're going to the gym. Okay, now I want you guys to imagine this. It's, um, it's a chart. It's a big chart. Like matte paper chart, got all the grid lines in it, all that kind of stuff. You got X and you got Y. And on X, now guys, if you remember this, X. Uh, um, let me see if I if I if I actually remember this X and Y on a chart. Let me see, okay, because I don't wanna. All right, if I can call, yeah. So X goes from left to right, okay. Huh? So let's go to the start of the chart which is your utmost left that's zero and we go all the way up to 15 10 a million a hundred doesn't matter we're just going for an indefinite amount of time okay and then you got y and y goes up and down all right okay now i want you to look at the intersecting points if you don't know where the intersecting point is guys then i need you guys to go and <laughs> review some khan academy epic place to upskill yourself at any um, how would you say, um, at any level that you are in math, or even for kids, or for whatever, Khan Academy, great guy, Sal Khan, done some amazing work, so, where the, where X and Y intersect at zero, zero, okay, yeah? that's, let's just call that neutral, that's our life at neutral, okay, and then let's say, for example, you get married, well, I'm hoping it's a good event, and special, and awesome, and that peaks you up at a 
an 8 out of 10. So as life goes on, on the x-axis, as you're going forward from, from left to right on the x-axis, you pick up a 5. But it doesn't stay there forever. Sorry, I mean 8. It doesn't stay there forever, though. It comes down eventually because your day of marriage eventually just becomes one of the days. It's a beautiful day, but it becomes one of the days. It becomes a nice memory. And the rest of your days just become average. Then you conceive your first kid. Oh my gosh, it's a bloody 10. It's a 9. It's amazing. Oh my gosh, then you get drafted. It's a sad day. It goes down to a 5. Hey, then you kill your first guy in Iran or Iraq or wherever. And it's a 10. So now your brain's got two choices now. And it's not a 10. It's a negative 10. It's a mind-blowing thing. It's a bad thing. So now, now your brain... Uh, has to pick one of two ways it says hey am i gonna go crazy or i'm gonna return to neutral because i can only operate from neutral i can't operate with these extreme uh um emotions all right so what you'll notice is this people even talk about it. it's like guys that go to war together they come back as best friends they come back closer than some of their family members that they've had all their life because strong emotional events cause strong emotional bonds all right when I choose to do things, I like to do it when I'm emotionally high. For example, when I chose to stop eating meat completely, my emotional levels were that of a, let's call it a 9 or a 10. I don't actually know, but I'm calling it a 9 or 10. I was emotionally attached to it. Then with that, I got the right information. I said, okay, fine. I don't want to make an emotional decision because it's not good to make emotional decisions without information. I said, I'm going to make the decision to stop eating meat now, right now. Okay. But I'm still going to do my research for the next two weeks because I don't want to just make, make an emotional decision. But I knew that I'm peaking right now in emotional hotness, which means that I have the ability to make a more concrete decision so understand where your decisions are made. But like, imagine if someone was telling me about this, this stuff or like you on your 48th murder in Iran. You don't really care. It's just bodies. You're just actually going for record now. You're not really caring about the person. But if someone comes to you and tells you, um, hey, hey, dude, it's all going to be okay on your first one. You remember that you bonded with that person. But on your 68th confirmed hit. Someone comes to you and says, hey, who let the dogs out, woof, woof. Whereas on your first one, who let the dogs out would have been a big emotional factor in that. It's absolutely nothing now. What I'm trying to say is this. Understand when's the best time to make decisions, when's the best time not to make decisions. Understand that when you're not emotionally registered, that's probably a good mind frame to make decisions in. But it probably won't stick. Understand that You've told yourself a million and 72 times, I'm going to the gym next year. And you were emotionally zero about it. But understand that when I made the decision to go back to the gym, I pumped myself up. I got emotional about it. And then I said, okay, fine, cool. That's it. We're going to the gym. I made the decision there. I wanted it. And then I don't look back. Now, you can't get there unless you're making a lot of small decisions too. So really sit down and think about things you want to say yes and no to and then make the decision that's what i'm telling you guys i'm not trying to make rash decisions i would even encourage make rash decisions and always leave a two-week buffer that's it make rash decisions and make a two-week buffer i'm going to become a muslim or i'm going to become a buddhist and you're a christian like i'm going to become a muslim today i'm going to become a buddhist today and you've done it but i'm going to give myself two weeks to verify the information I've just learned, which seems to be true. Or I'm Muslim and I'm going to become a Christian or I'm going to become the other way. I would choose the decision while you're emotionally hot and then give yourself two weeks to verify that the information that which you perceive to be true holds out. And if it doesn't hold out, change. No one's saying you have to stay there. No one's saying that you have to continue being there. We're not saying that. I'm just trying to get you to start making good decisions to make these decisions when you're emotionally
capable of making them, emotionally ready to make them, emotionally able to make them. Um, yeah, I, and I think it starts with a lot of small decisions, building up to a lot of medium decisions, then into your bigger life decisions. A lot of people ask me, hey man, how were you able to just kick meat in one day, 10 years later, not even one biscuit in my mouth? It's like, because I understood, I understood firstly who I am, how my emotions work, where I was at my emotional peak, then the information I, I read, which was actually a book called Proof Positive and the China Study, one by Dr. Neil Nedley, and then one a compilation book, The China Study, by a couple of authors. Uh, not a compilation book, but a, a compilation of authors um, that made up that book. Um, epic, epic books. Uh, also, then, see, I made my decision from that. Then, on the two weeks going into it, I watched more stuff, the for and the against of those books. And more documentaries and and studies and peer-reviewed. All the, the maximum recording time for your siblings is 60 minutes. Keep an eye out on the clock. Perfect. No, I know that. I know that. No problem. Uh, this is going to be just a one-hour uh, podcast. Um, anyway, so, yeah, I get that we need... I get that we need time to make these decisions and you can't just make a big decision like that the first time you ever try it. So make small decisions, continuously build up and make small decisions and just keep adding to them, guys. Just keep adding to it. And I think you'll be greatly shocked within one year how many things you can stop, how many things you can continue to do or start to do or add and you will you won't be the same person. I think I want to talk about family next. I want to talk about family in my next podcast. Uh, I don't think I'll remember to do so, but if I don't, someone at that same email I quoted, the michaelmanualcv at gmail.com, someone just remind me if I don't talk about family, because I want to talk about choosing to love your family, choosing to uh, take abuse from them, because that abuse is worth it in certain circumstances. I'm not talking about all abuse, physical abuse, or, or like even mental abuse, but I'm talking about subtle things that they do that they might not know that they how they're abusing you i think that'll be a great topic for us to explore uh guys typically i talk about um everything i just kind of went into these top topics today or call it three if we include the conor mcgregor stuff uh but i'd love it if you guys would um join me for the next one Continue to support me and uh, raise topics that you'd like me to talk about. I'd love that. That seems like it would be an epic adventure. Um, I haven't decided to start to continuously do podcasts. And I know that's a little bit of a cop-out move from a guy who says that he just decides to do things or not. But I'm not sure what this is. And... I know, I know what it, I know what podcasts are, but I, I'm just not sure what this is and how much time it can take up in my day because there are things that I've genuinely decided to do which are far bigger than uh, this might be, or maybe this would be the biggest thing in my life. I don't know, but what I'm saying is the things that I've already decided to do that I don't want the thing to clash with. If this isn't something I've also decided to do, so I'll really have to look at where I can make space to carve out an hour a day, which is not super easy. Um, but I love the idea of this. It's pretty cool. Uh, I can't wait to uh, um, see what you guys have to say. See what you guys have to do. Also, follow me on Instagram. Michael David Daniel Manual. Um, not com. Michael David Daniel Manual. That's my Instagram handle. Yeah, all of those names. Uh, Facebook, same thing. Michael David Daniel Manual. Shoot me a message on there. Instagram, Facebook. Uh, what else is there? Twitter. New Kid on the Block, or Michael David Daniel Manuel, uh, or Michael Manuel. A um, couple of cool things out there uh, that you can contact me on. Anything, really. Uh, I won't give you all my WhatsApp, just like I'll make this specific one for... Actually, you can WhatsApp me on plus two seven, z- uh, six two, so, so plus two seven, six two, 
Yeah, that's it. Anyway, guys, absolute pleasure um, talking to you guys today. I say talking to, I'm not talking with, because I talked at you, Mitch. Told you, I thought that there was only my opinion that mattered. I actually might need to leave time for that, so I'm going to end the podcast right now. Love you guys. God bless. Stay safe. Have fun. Michael out.